Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach the men in today's culture, discussing issues men face every day. And it's a program where men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. I'm your host, Mike Salen, and I thank you for joining us today. I think we've all heard of stories of businesses that have embraced God's word as they as, a, as their business model in treating their employees and relating to customers. Many of us probably don't know about a ministry that helps business leaders to do just that, and that is the C12 Group. Thousands of faith-driven, result-minded CEOs and executives meet in six uh, C12 business forums monthly to encourage and challenge one another. These powerful groups of peers work together to make better decisions, avoid costly mistakes, and create solid plans for business growth, all while striving to create an internal impact far beyond the bottom line. Today, I have my, my guest, John Barry, who is an area chair for C12 Group. And he is bio basically tells us that helping Christ change the world one heart and one business at a time is the motivation that he embraced when he joined the C12 Group. The amazing marketplace movement, which is the nation's leading ministry for CEOs. God had been preparing him for this exhilarating transition for years. As he was led to shine the light of his faith and business he owned and the boards he served, he exemplified his passion by encouraging employees, customers, and board members alike to consider choosing a truly meaningful life revolving around embracing Christ's awesome message of inner peace. As CEO and owner of a nationally recognized award-winning retail golf shop and a corporate apparel business, John witnessed firsthand the miracles that can only happen when one lets go and gives God control of every aspect of their life and business. Uh, only that can only happen, you know, when you when you give Christ control. John is a graduate of Central Bible College and has been married for 25 years to the love of his life, Jill, and they've resided in Goldsboro, North Carolina, with two, two sons and their two canine fur babies. I gather that's uh, probably dogs. Is that correct there, John? John? That's, that's right, Mike. We've got <laughs> two little puppies that are uh, a lot of energy, and it seems like they get uh, most of the attention around the house. Great. Well, John, it's great to have you on the call, and I appreciate you being with us on the program. It's a, it's a super to super to have you here as we talk about how we use, how we can help business leaders and and to uh, uh, utilize what they are in Christ in their day to day businesses. Good to have you with us. Thank you, Mike. I've been a huge fan of what you do, your ministry, your love and passion for reaching the men of our region and of North Carolina. Uh, that passion just resides. All, all you got to do is spend just a couple minutes with you. And it's just obvious how passionate you are about reaching men, because I think men are difficult to reach. And um, we've got a lot of priorities. There's something about us, probably since we're just little guys, that we just like to be busy. We like to be in the movement. <laughs> and it's hard to slow down. And uh, sometimes having a crucial conversation or an intentional conversation about Christ takes slowing down. And that's hard for us sometimes. Oh, it is. And sometimes men don't know how to discuss that because discuss Christ and understand what Christ is doing in your life and what he wants to do in your life requires a man to be a little bit vulnerable 
and uh, and transparent in his life as he grows in Christ. So yeah, uh, men is one of the hardest people groups uh, uh, for us to uh, tap into and to reach, but it's a rewarding. I, I, I thoroughly do it. Thank you for those kind words. I really do appreciate that. Well, John, I got two questions. I always like to ask my guests as we bring them on before we get into the meat of discussion of why they're here. And that number one question is, what is a favorite verse of yours or an anchor verse or maybe even a verse that you realize in your ministry with C12 that uh, God speaks into your life? And why is that verse so meaningful? Well, Mike, uh, you read this glowing introduction, which uh, I'm not sure what all that says about me. But um, what it really says is that this life verse that God put into me probably about seven years ago is Exodus 916. It's a very unusual one, um, but he did this firsthand for me. And it's, uh, he's actually speaking to Pharaoh in this verse, but he said, this is for you, John. And it says, I've spared you for a purpose to show you my power and mm -hmm. to spread my fame throughout the earth. And Mike, I think when we intersect with salvation, when we intersect with grace, We've been spared for a purpose. We haven't just been spared. We haven't just been given fire insurance. We've been spared for a purpose. Mm. And part of that's making God's fame known. And um, and he loves to show us his power. He loves to just woo on us. And uh, I feel like that's the journey I've been on for a long time as God showed me his power and making his fame known. Mm. Well, uh, I appreciate you sharing that because it's hard for a people to recognize that God put you here for a purpose. He didn't just, you're not here just to take up space and breathe air. He's put you here for a purpose. And and we need to understand what that purpose is. And, and so we can glorify God and seek his kingdom and make a make an eternal impact on the kingdom of God while we're here on this earth for a time. Thank you. That, 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 is good. that is a good word. The other question I like to ask uh, my guests is, how did you come to Christ? What, what, uh, how did God capture your heart and, uh, and uh, bring you into his, uh, into his family as one of his children? How did that happen? It's a great question. And thank you for asking. And, you know, I think all of us at some level, we're all rebels. We're, we're all disobedient. <laughs> we're all uh, <laughs> have just looked at God and said, that sounds really good. Thanks, but no thanks. And I don't know why we're that broken, why we're that fallen, but my teenage years, we didn't really grow up in church. And in my teenage years, uh, I, I was making it a special effort to be far away from the Lord. And uh, my sister went off to college. I went to visit her on Halloween weekend. As a, I was still in high school, and I thought I was going to have an exceptionally large time on a college campus on ha Halloween weekend. Well, I ended up staying at a Christian fraternity house, which there's not many of those. <laughs> Murray, Kentucky. And, um, well, of course, the Christian fraternity house, you're going to go to church on Sunday morning. And um, that pastor told the message of salvation, and I knew I was far away from God. And uh, I had to have him, and I surrendered to him. And it was a rainy day, and that was Halloween, Sunday, October 31st. Uh, 1982. It was a rainy day. On the way home with her boyfriend, I was driving as a permitted driver, and uh, I spun the car around, and we almost died that day. We did. Oh, yeah. We had a terribly close encounter with that, and it was just like God tapped me on the shoulder, like, 
aren't you glad you got that taken care of this morning? <laughs> and uh, I got serious about God at that point, and he was very important to me and started spending a lot of time in the Word as a high school student, uh, didn't have a church to go to, found a church to go to. Uh, Mom and Dad were not close to God at that point in their lives, and um, started being involved in youth ministries, and God put a call on my life. And Mm. it was just uh, a great calling. It was was just, um, it was a very moving experience. And this is an 80, so I'm dating myself, Mike. And really when we, the only way you can filter, God does things like this in our life, Mike, where um, we don't understand what he is calling us to. We don't understand the things that he's doing. But he, if you look at the book of Revelation, all John had to were his own words. He couldn't explain what he really saw. He could just, in the language of 2,000 years ago, explain what he experienced and so back then I thought that that meant that I was going to be in a pulpit ministry. And uh, I went to Bible college, got a BA in Bible and uh, went and worked in a church and found myself uh, green as grass, had people with aging pro- problems in that church, youth problems, kid problems. And all I had was this degree in Bible. And uh, I really came to value the title in the church called elder and to it's the elder who's kind of been through life, experienced life, seen a lot of tough things that can really speak into life experiences. And after that experience, God launched me into the workplace. And I, I thought that I had missed it, but I nope, God was preparing me for um, almost 30 years, 25 years for what I'm doing now, which is with the C12 group. And um, now I'm doing full-time ministry uh, breathing into business leaders and executives um, in Eastern North Carolina. Wow, that's that that is super. That that that, that is neat, and it's interesting sometimes how God will will uh, use different things to to uh, get our attention and, uh, and get us to turn to Him. So it's amazing. I got to ask you. Yeah, your bio says that you used to own a golf company, so you've got to be a good golfer, aren't you? I mean, I, I, why would I want to play golf with a guy that owned a golf company? That's right. And <laughs> we had a retail golf shop for 25 years. It, um, I was a buyer for Belk Department Stores, was making golf clubs part-time at night and on the weekends and had a chance to buy this golf shop in Goldsboro. And I figured – a bad day in the golf shop was better than a good day at Belk. I'm sorry, Belk, for mentioning that, but I mean, just it's golf. <laughs> it's playtime. Uh, got to build golf clubs. And that really, it, what you find out is you got to work. And so there was a time before we had kids and before I got serious about business, I was just in business, but before I really got serious about it, I, I did play a lot of golf. And, um, this is probably something we as men struggle with, Mike, is we can get distracted with the noise outside in the world. We can play too much, be it too much boating, too much golfing, too much shooting, too much uh, working on your cars, too much of the hobbies, the things, too much gaming online, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. There's just this part in us, Mike, that can just go too far and we uh, 
can kind of get withdrawn from our faith. We can get withdrawn from our wives and our kids. And uh, there was a point that I was out of balance and I had to pull back. And for me, you know, I still play some golf, but very little, but it was, I, I had gone too far. Um, so that, that was kind of, there's a point that, okay, it's too much. Yeah, I think I think a, a lot of men do that, and they don't realize it really in in respects. And and uh, I used to like to play golf a lot. I know when I was in high school, um, uh, I used to uh, golf golf course was like a half a mile from the high school, and me and a couple other guys would go down to that golf course just about every afternoon on um, pretty days and play at least nine holes. And I really enjoyed playing it. In later years in life, I. I damaged my ankles because of the twisting and turning and other things that was going on. And I haven't played in a while, but I still enjoy watching. In fact, I watched the, uh, uh, the tournament in Greensboro that was on this past weekend. I enjoy just sitting down in the afternoons and watching, watching those guys play. It's relaxing. It's a good way to start a uh, weekend nap too, probably. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but, uh, it's a, it's a game I enjoy and I enjoy, enjoy watching, enjoy following it along. So it's great. But how do you tra- how did you transition from owning a golfing company to being involved in C twelve? That's a great question, Mike. And permission to kind of give a little bit of a long answer. That okay, that's fine. More. That's fine. Um, so I had this retail golf shop. Uh, we were club fitters, sold uh, all the golf clubs, putters, shoes, balls, all that stuff that people use. And my wife and I had that. Uh, 20 something years. And as you're growing your own business, um, you're typically going to subsidize or fund that either with profits, but profits are small in the golf business. So you're probably going to take your personal assets, use that for funding. So we funded it with our home and it was a journey to get there to growing the shop. And it was kept growing, kept increasing, but we're, we were a small shop in a small town and, uh, it was in 2014, we got news that Dunham Sporting Goods was coming to Goldsboro and they were going to build about a 35,000 square foot um, sporting goods store about 1,500 feet down the road from our golf shop. Mm-hmm. And within that, about a 5,000 square foot golf department. Mm-hmm. And that made us really nervous, really anxious of as to you know what's this going to look like it was hard enough to uh, survive without a direct competitor in our own town and then it was about 60 days later well the news got a little more dire and a little more anxious is uh we were told that dick sporting goods was coming to goldsboro and to add the insult to injury they built my back parking lot Mm. And uh, so we could actually open up the back door of the golf shop and there was Dick's. They put in a 65,000 square foot store and put in about a 7,000 square foot golf department. And this is about the time that God spoke that verse from Exodus to me because it looked pretty dire. Because if you've got your debt to your business tied to your home, um, if you lose it, you lose everything. You lost your job. You lost your home and you find yourself living under the Highway 70 bridge, homeless. And so we were very nervous, and yet God spoke that verse into me. Before all that came to pass, he said, I've spared you for a purpose, to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. 
Mm. Um, and so my, um, what I found out is I've been a believer at the golf shop for um, the whole time, but it, it was more just separate. It was more me, my faith, and then there was this business. But I found that this was the most I ever shared my faith was when we were tested during this season. And people would ask me, so I hear you're going out of business. Well, they sure didn't hear that from me, but I probably didn't take a real business genius genius to see these two monstrosities being built in our community and um, thinking things look pretty bad for the little first tee. And, um, but I also found when someone says something rough or snide like that to you, you then also have the opportunity to have a reply and get to answer. And I would share that verse that I just shared with you. And I'd also say, well, I wouldn't only share that verse, but I just said, um, well, you know what? I serve a God who's big enough to bless them and to bless us. And as a matter of fact, we're praying for the people of those stores because we believe that there's going to be folks that love God and believe in him that work in those businesses and they need to be blessed also. So we're praying for them and speaking those words in faith. But um, God used that to have great conversations. Um, and we had hundreds of those conversations in that time of those businesses being built. Um, while the Dick store was being built, they would use the earth compactors. And it was like David and Goliath, and it was like Goliath was marching back and forth behind our golf shop. Pictures were falling off the walls because the earth was shaking <laughs> so bad. And um, needless to say, that was a uh, pretty tense time. So in fall, um, Dunham's opens up, and it's like nothing happened. We just didn't really uh, – how did that happen? How did they open? And we really didn't see a difference in our business. And then uh, – Three, four months later, Dick's opens up. And on the day that uh, they open up, my Ping Golf Rip, which is kind of the Lexus of golf brands, he comes in the store and he hands us an accolade, naming us as one of the top 100 club fitters in the nation. Ping has about 15,000 accounts across the country. And we were named as one of the top 100 fitters in the nation. Wow. Um, that really gives credibility that we, we did something different than what the box stores did. Right. And then about 40 days later, I get a phone call, Mike, and this guy um, calls me and says, I want to come get fit. And he was from White Lake. It's about an hour and a half away from us. And, and you know, as an owner, what do you say? Gore, come, come on. Come on. Come on. That's right. <laughs> and so I said, come on. He said, yeah, I saw you in the magazine. Magazine? What are you talking about? Said, yeah, I saw you in Golf Digest, um, and we were listed in Golf Digest. Oh, you, you, you've hit it big time if you're in Golf Digest, man. <laughs> we were listed as one of the top 100 club fitters in the nation in Golf wow. Digest. There was only one other place in North Carolina on that list. Um, we had no idea how we got on that list, Mike. We it just this was a move of God. Mm. He just worked this miracle, and after that point the floodgates opened up and we had people coming from an hour and a half, two hours away to come get fit by us. And um, they wouldn't just, if you drove two hours, you're not just going to get a putter. You're going to get a drive. You come get fit for a driver. You're going to get a set of irons. You're going to get a bag. You're going to get 
putter. Next thing you know, they, they've bought $2,000 worth of stuff instead of $200 worth of stuff. Wow. We had our second best year ever the year Dixon Dunham's opened up. Wow. <laughs> we, we did not go out of business, and God spared us for, for a purpose, to show us his power, show us his might. So along that journey, a few years before that, I became a member of the C12 group. So the C12 group is a group of Christian business executives, business owners, CEOs, C-suite people uh, who get together one day a month to work strategically on their business. So um, most business owners, the all the other days of the month, you're typically just being operational. You're just doing whatever came today, putting out fires, but you're not thinking about what's it going to take to succeed six months from now? What's it going to take to succeed a year, five years from now? What tools do I need to put in my toolbox to run a better business so that it can be sustainable and all to honor the Lord? And I, I knew I needed that. I was an operator who was really good at fitting golf clubs, uh, but that was my background. But so many business owners are operators. They they were good air conditioning installers. They were good electricians. Right. They right. were good whatever they did. They were a great insurance salesperson. But as far as um, being great at what they do or the, the mechanics of running the business, many people don't have that business background. Right. The C twelve teaches business mechanics, teaches business strategy, teaches people how to run a better business the whole time thinking about culture and honoring the Lord. And I knew I needed that. So I became a member about five years before that um, very trying time of my life. And I started being able to put tools in my toolbox that helped me to run a better business that elevated the quality of what we did to get to a level of excellence that Ping and Golf Digest would recognize us to say, well, these people do something different. They they do something with excellence. And um, then it was acknowledged from an outside source. And so we succeeded really well uh, for the time that I was there with the golf shop. And in 2016, I was aware of C12 from being a member, felt like I was going to be a chair, which is the person who heads up the meeting. Um and God called me in 2016 to do that. And I walked away from the golf shop on the high. And we were at the peak. I walked away. I only went back every two weeks to sign paychecks. Never fit another set of golf clubs. Um, never sold another anything. When God said go, I went. And I, I just walked away while it was thriving. And it continues to thrive. So we ended up selling the shop in 2019, that was 2017 when I walked away. But we had a bivocational pastor who worked with us for 10 years prior to that, and we wanted it to be a blessing for him. So we had a time of just making sure, hey, it wasn't just the John show that made the golf shop thrive. Um, it could, it, this was a viable entity regardless of who was at the helm. And it also gave him a season to know the confidence that he could run it with excellence. And he did, and he's been in Golf Digest a couple more times. I think we've been in it every time that list has come out now, and that's been about four times. Right. Um, been How listed. About that? How about that? Um, 
So that's kind of, so I transitioned to be in NC12 in 2017. Wow. You know, that 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 is a great, I guess, best, last, uh, for lack of a better word, testimony how God moves you from one business into another and how even when your business was thriving at the top of his game, you, uh, you just submitted yourself to God and allowed him to move you into another area of life to minister to, to other business owners. That's, that's just amazing. Guys, many men would have difficulty of doing that, of, of, of seeing, seeing, doing so successful in one business to give that up and move into some other area. I, I, I could go right, Mike, but, yeah. but think about it. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I just want to use a bunch of failures. Or does he want to use people that are successful that can advance his kingdom? And oh, it's him yeah. doing the advancing. Oh, yeah. Well, you kind of answered my other question at the same time. You were talking about how you transition, and that was, what does the C12 group do? And you, you kind of shared that a little bit as far as being ones there to encourage guys and uh, leaders to, to understand the process of, of growing your business and being able to uh, – uh, utilize uh, uh, what you're doing for the kingdom of God. And that's great. But how does, let me ask you this question. If I was a business owner uh, and also does, do you have to be a business owner? Can it be anybody in leadership position? Can they join a C12 forum group? It actually is a business owner or CEO or someone who's at the C-suite, someone who is in a management level because um, if you're exposed to new methods and new methodologies that can improve your enterprise, right. you've got to be able to have the authority to implement it and to make that change. So if you just gain knowledge and you couldn't implement it, then, you know, it would not be a good stewardship of your time to, to be there. Okay. Okay. Well, how does, if I was a CEO then, or if I was in a position like that to make uh, managemental uh, changes in the process that my business was, was operating, how would I join a C12 group? How would I connect so with one? You reach out to your local chair. If you're in Wilmington or Goldsboro, that'd be me. But there's about 125 folks just like me across the country. There's about, there's over 3,000 Christian executive leaders that are in C12 across the country and uh, in a few countries, uh, China, um, Brazil, and Malaysia, we're just growing internationally. We're at the beginning stages of that. And so we let people come to C12 first to see, is this a fit for them? Does this bring value to them before they do that? Because uh, ultimately it kind of works like a board of directors. So if we looked at a larger company, say like an IBM, we'd be jealous of them because they got this great board of directors that's giving them insights and direction of how do they navigate the challenging waters right. of business. And most small business owners do not have that sounding board. They don't have a safe place to say, hey, I'm stuck right here. I'm up against this wall or I'm thinking about buying this property or I'm thinking about buying this other company. And um, what am I missing here? What, what do I need to look at? And when you have 12 leaders at the table at this level, you've got about 200 years of experience at the table that can speak into that and give life to that to go, well, have you considered this option? Have you tried this? Have you read this book? Have you talked to this person? Hey, I know this person who has done something similar to that. Let me connect you with that. So it's a, a very high trust environment where, um, insight and direction is given to help lead folks 
through challenging waters. Good. Well, how does a, a forum meeting uh, progress? I mean, what is your agenda when, when you have that meeting? you have a set agenda for each time you get together, or is it just kind of whatever they bring to the table for that particular month? That, that's a great question. We, we actually thrive on order and uh, repeatability so that people know exactly what they're up for. So we take one day away. Uh, typically, meetings go from 9 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, which sounds like a lot. So we, we start out the day with a balance wheel that talks about just your personal leadership areas. How are things with your walk with God, your marriage and family, fitness and nutrition, quiet time, biblical community, discipling others, and just rate yourself on a 1 to 10 and just say, uh-huh. how am I doing? And, and I think you'll be comforting, Mike, to, for your friends that are out there listening to this to know these are people who run multi-million dollar businesses that many people go, they've got it together. And when they uh-huh. fill out that balance wheel, I've never seen somebody do tens all the way around that wheel. We, we'd actually right. have to have an intervention about honesty and uh, self-reflection if someone did that. But many times I see more wheels that look like the little side of the tricycle instead of the big side of the tricycle that, the more pressures leaders have on them, um, it's kind of a lonely place to be. They don't have a lot of places to talk about their marriage, their family, their children, uh, how they're, hey, I've been so busy at work, I'm in a dry spot with my faith journey. Um, well, this is a place they can talk about that, and it's not going to be shame or condemnation. They can, hey, I hear you, let's pray about that. And then they we identify how are things going with the business, uh, finance, operations, business development. But my one of the best things we always check in on the business is ministry. Mm-hmm. And this is different. So there's other business development groups, but they don't talk anything about ministry of just. And so that's about culture. That's about how we treat the people we have about being a good steward of the those that work for us. So we do that. Then we do a devotion. But it's a short devotion, but the thought on the devotion, Mike, is if you and I as leaders are not doing well on the inside, we're not doing well on the outside either. And and probably our employees and friends could tell us real quick, they know when we're in a dry spot spiritually because they go, you don't have the fragrance of the Lord. You, you kind of... <laughs> smell a little bit on the outside. Your, your tongue is sharp. Your, you, stink, you stink a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit more of that Lazarus uh, syndrome there. Yeah. And we're waiting for the Lord to come back and help us out of that. So after the devotion, we actually do a business segment, and it's like MBA-level materials that we uh, work on that are teaching them strategic planning skills, succession planning skills, marketing skills, um, different ways to understand a balance sheet and uh, just all the things that maybe they didn't learn along the way and they can put that in their toolbox. But then the most important day part is we then do a segment called working on my ministry. Another way to say that in the business world is that's the culture section. The culture mm-hmm. is really about your business, about right. um, how is the Lord represented there? So, Sometimes you can go into a fast food restaurant and you know, they got a bad culture here. You just hear people behind the counter. You get a little more exposure to employees there maybe. And you can go, there's something going on here. 
there's other businesses we go to that you just know, I don't know what their culture is, but it's, it's pretty toxic here. But then we can go to other places and there's this, this sweet fragrance of the Lord where people can be joyful even in the midst of challenges or transitions. And um, so we are always focusing on culture and helping them make an impact on those people they've been entrusted to and the community they've been entrusted to, to their vendors, to their customers. And then we take a, a lunch break. And then after lunch, one of those members gets the privilege of doing what we call a core business presentation where they share all about their business um, all the way up to the place of where are they stuck? And they're expected to bring two or three scenarios to the group of where they're stuck. And now that group is going to mechanically work on that. Let's start looking into that. How can you do this? Have you done this, tried this, worked on that? And many people would say it's the most impactful day of the year for them to mm -hmm. break through barriers and walls of where they've been locked up. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got all this experience at the table that helps trampoline your success forward that maybe you could have stayed stuck where you were forever, for decades, and then all of a sudden you get broke free and now you can get over that hurdle. Um, and then that get, you can skip some places where other folks stubbed their toes and uh, had challenges. And then um, we finish up the day with what we call open forum. Maybe it wasn't your day to do your core business presentation, but you're like a little kid looking for a rest stop. <laughs> when you got an issue in life, when you got an issue in your business, it's like you got some fire ants in your shoe and you got to get that thing out of there and you've got to, um, how, how do you deal with that? So most your small business people don't have anywhere where they can get that stuff out and they just go around bottled up um, and their kids feel it, their wife feels it, their church experiences it because, well, they're around, they, they're not necessarily around people who can help them get the ox out of the ditch. And here's that safe place where they can talk about it. Everybody signs a confidentiality agreement. So those personal private. Well, that was a question. That, that was a question right there that I was going to ask you is that you probably, uh, I don't know how many people are in your forms. I imagine it's at least, you know, six or 10 or something like that. Each. 12 per group. Okay. And they're probably from different businesses and possibly even some similar businesses. And I was wondering how you, uh, protect a individuals, I'll say it that way, of, of a business uh, being his ideas or concerns being stolen by another business and, and an implement. Is there, is there a yes, confidential so, agreement? Is that what takes care of Because it, it's very sensitive when people are, yeah. you might say, showing their underbelly, talking about their vulnerabilities, or, or if it's not that, they're talking about their opportunity. Hey, right. I found this thing that this new space where I think I can make some more money and um, yes, everybody signs a confidentiality agreement. And at a given table, there's not two people from the same space. So if you've got, oh, okay. um, a, you know, a McDonald's franchise, we're not going to have a Chick Fil A there at the same table. Okay. So, same thing with they say like a heating and air business. You wouldn't have two heating and air business guys there at the same table. Not unless they both knew each other. Said we already share numbers with each other. Oh. You know, we're almost folded into each other, except he works over in this town. I work in that town. Okay. Okay. So it's, a, but it's a high trust area. Mm -hmm. And we, but we typically, we don't even, 
have two people from the same company at the same table. So if they're like, you know, my vice president is driving me crazy or at another table, that vice president is at a different table. So we've got groups here in Goldsboro that have five people in C12 because they love this uh, focus of pulling their, their whole team is kind of pulling in the same direction. Uh, we've got husbands in one group, wives in another group, uh, brother in one group, other brother in another group, uh, father in one group, son, or actually in one case, daughter in another group, and it gives them a chance to share. Um, so that's really kind of the gist of what C12 is, but it is when someone is talking about their issues, it's uh, got to be a safe place. And if someone violates that confidentiality, they, they can't stay as part of the group. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something, John. We're sitting here talking about it, and time's running away from us. I couldn't believe how, how quickly time goes with this with sharing this exciting exciting information about C12 is doing. And, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to us didn't realize there's an organization out there for small businesses who who uh, the, the leaders and owners of those businesses can, can tap into to help them uh, serve themselves like a board of directors, so to speak, and, and being able to uh, and, and keep the focus uh, on as kingdom minded uh, with the Lord. Uh, but can can you take a moment without divulging any personal information or anything like that? Can you share maybe a success story that you've seen that's come out of the groups that you've led? Absolutely. You know, on a, across the board, most C12 companies are increasing 15 to 20% a year because mm -hmm. they're working intentionally on their business. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen companies get, that were on the edge of bankruptcy that have come out of that. Um, I've seen numerous um, marriages saved. I've seen parent to child relationships saved because they could get that stuff out and talk about it and go, wow, I'm really struggling. Cause if you leave it bottled up, well, you can't get any solutions. Right. Um, and so you, we see transformation happen. Mike, uh, an overarching theme that I think kind of is a synopsis of C12 is Many business owners would say, I'm successful. If you've been in business a few years to five years, mm -hmm. you've way beat the odds. You are successful in that sense. Mm -hmm. And can even be a believer running that successful business. Mm -hmm. But we focus on how to go from success to significance. Absolutely. And unless something you're doing is doing something for eternity, there's no significance in it. So if you're just... Uh, getting all you can, selling all you can, canning all you get, and sitting on the can, you've done nothing of significance. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting phrase and a way to put it. I don't know if I remember how you put that. I'd have to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's, pre that's pretty good. I appreciate it. John, I appreciate, uh, appreciate what you're doing. Now, you and I have known each other, I don't know, three, four years now, yes. something like that. And and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I will tell our listening audience that you and I are working together on three different conferences this coming fall. Um, and uh, that you're going to be there doing uh, those conferences, doing a breakout session. And, and I'm looking forward to those. And uh, and you'll be talking to those people who are small business owners and, and encourage them and how to uh, possibly um, uh become a part of C12 and and improve their improve their outlook on their businesses. It's a it's a, it's a, a worthy thing. 
I'm going to be uh, talking about leadership in general, Mike. So even oh, a church leader. So seeing these folks that are, you know, just by the nature of their business, some of them are multimillionaires. They hit, so being around people that are on that end of the spectrum that sell, we have the 10th largest privately held companies, part of C12 and privately held company in North Carolina is part of our group. And when you're around people that are doing that, you see what they're doing successfully in leadership of how they make an impact. And I've seen about seven things that help move that needle right. as a leader. And I'll, you know, instead of going, this is a theory, I'll share something that really does make a real difference from real people that moves a needle. That's super. John and I will be at the uh, Uniting the Hearts uh, of Men Men's Conference with uh, up in Monroe, North Carolina. On September the 11th, you can check that out on baptistonmission.org uh, under men's, men's Ministry. And then we'll be with the Iron Sharpens Iron uh, Men's Equipping Conference on September the 25th in Richlands, North Carolina, and October 2nd in Wilmington, North Carolina. So you can check those out on capefearmen.net and see what John's going to do there. Uh, uh, he always has a good group at his, uh, at his uh, breakout sessions, and I look forward to uh, working with him. He's always a great guy to to just sit down and talk with. And John, I appreciate you being on the program today. It's an honor and love to come back and maybe talk about culture another time of just what does that take? Because it's not just businesses that have culture. If you realize every church that you touch and impact, that's, that's a business at its core. And there's a culture there. And I've seen a lot of leadership struggles when they don't think about what does it take to keep people? What does it take to have those folks um, content, happy, uh, fulfilled, and what does it take as a leader to maybe uh, touch and impact them? Uh, super. Well, if you want to know more about C12 Group, you can reach out uh, to their website at joinc12.com. That's J-O-I-N-C12.com, and you can find all you want to know. If you want to reach out to John, uh, you can do that at john.berry, B-E-R-R-Y, at c12forums.com. And I'm sure John would be glad to get back to you. And, Absolutely. And, Answer and, any questions for you. Try to get some resources that'll help you out. Mike, I'm excited about your conferences coming up. They're going to be delightful. And, you know, just to see a couple hundred men in the room that are eager and hungry, it's a beautiful thing. It's a small revival at a time. And I'm look, I can't wait to get there. Oh, uh, super. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, we're just, uh, we're just three weeks away from the Monroe conference and we're about five weeks away from one of the ISI conferences. So we're getting close. So you guys out there, if you're wanting to, if you want to know more about the, uh, these conferences, especially the ISI conferences, go out there to capefearmen.net and uh, you can find out all you want to know about the two conferences and ISI conferences in Richland and in Wilmington and all the speakers. We're going to have some, we got some exciting speakers coming in for this thing. And, and I am really looking forward to getting back together with the men after the last 18 months of, of having to kind of be isolated. Men don't need to be isolated. Men needs no. to be together. Uh, uh, the Bible's very clear on the fact that men need men in their lives and, and not, uh, and not, uh, Try to do life alone. If you want to know more about kfearmen.net or if you'd like for me to come speak to your group of men, just reach out to me at mike.sandlin at kfearmen.net and I will be happy to talk with you about that or anything else dealing with ministries to men. I would love to spend time with you. So 
I thank you for joining us on Intentional Conversations. And I would say one more thing as we close out. I've got a new book that just came out called The Call, A Journey into Men's Ministry. If you're a men's leader or if you're interested in men's ministries in your church and how you can be more effective and vibrant in your ministries to men in your church, I encourage you to pick up a copy of that book uh, either on Amazon.com or Barnes and & Noble. And, uh, and then let me know how you enjoyed, how you enjoyed and what you got out of the book. I, I would really appreciate that. Leave a review on one of those two websites. I would appreciate that greatly. And as a mentor used to tell me all the time as we finish our time together, and he would say a prayer over me, prayer over me he would end it this way. He would say, Father, I pray that you will give Mike a rock to stand on, you give him a brook to drink from, and you give him a tree to show you about. Thank you for joining us on Intentional Conversation with Mike Sandlin, and we'll see you next time. And God bless you.